<gasps> we are live. Well, hello. Uh oh, you paused. We went live and you paused. There we are. How are you? I'm great. You know, I'm up at 7.30 in the morning to do this while you're on the other side of the world, but I'm excited about it. It'll be fun. Mm -hmm. um, let, me, well, let me finish buttoning my shirt. Shit. Mm -hmm. I know. Well, the two viewers that are already on, they got a trade there and a like, you see? So. <laughs> Yay! Let me look at the comments. There, awesome. get anybody. there we go. Do, 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 do. I have not used StreamYard before. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, for, for podcasts, it's beautiful because what we do, we go live on Facebook and YouTube at mm -hmm. the same time because oh, cool. you know, our partners preferences on where they like to watch it yep. and then it's super easy to keep it on for you know for months and months so mm -hmm. in, a, in a broadcast uh, but as we already have uh, some peeps that are joining us I would love for you to take a few minutes to tell us who is Chris and mm. uh, anything you want to share with us give us uh. give us something juicy a secret like what Ooh, is, what oh is Chris God. really doing when no one is watching? Oh man, when nobody's watching, I'm usually doing tremendous amounts of yoga <laughs> and uh, playing some drums and going for like six hour walks around the city while I listen to audiobooks and think about things I want to do and uh, recovering from Lyme disease. That takes a lot of time. <laughs> uh, a bunch of other things on top of that. Um, but yeah, I'm Chris, uh, Mr. Moneyfingers had out as the nickname that my friend Joe Barton, and let you know Joe, but he gave me that nickname about 12 years ago when I was a fresh-faced, uh, God, I think I was about 30 or 29 when I, when I worked with him, and uh, wrote a whole bunch of sales letters for Joe in his natural health niche and helped him build that entire business. Uh, I was only getting five grand a letter back then, so he got a pretty damn good deal out of it because they were doing like 10 million a year in sales or something. But I was young and stupid at that point. So I worked as a freelance copywriter for about five years, I guess, which is about three years longer than I should have because uh, I should have moved over into what I'm doing now uh, a lot earlier. So at a certain point, I got kind of sick of making other people rich. I did this offer called Mobile Money Machines that I wrote the sales video for, for my friend Jay Diebolt. And Jay and his partner, uh, they paid me, I think it was 25 grand up front for the letter. There was no back end on it back then uh, for me. And uh, I wrote the letter, it did phenomenally well. They were doing, I think they did $10 million in sales in the first two weeks of the launch or something like that. It went obnoxiously high. Of course, it was a magic software offer. So about you know 60% of that ended up being refunds or whatever. But I called Jay at one point. I'm like, how's the offer doing? He said, it's doing amazing. It's so good. And I said to him, that's awesome. You could send me a bonus of some kind. And uh, he said, yeah, dude, yeah, dude, I'm gonna send you a bonus, I'm gonna send you a bonus. And he sent me a check for $5,000. So I made $30,000 off that sales video, which is pretty damn good, it's good money. Uh, just like five years before that, yeah, five years before that, I think I made $38,000 total at that point when I was like 26 or so. So it wasn't so bad, but compared to what they were doing, it wasn't so great. So I decided it was time to go off and do some of my own offers. And I created, I didn't really have any passion for uh, teaching people how to make money has never really been something that I've been passionate about personally. Uh, even though I've done a few products in that space over the years, it just doesn't move me in the same way. I'm not, I've done pretty well, but you will never see me with like a Ferrari or anything like that. You'll never see me with a big fucking watch or anything like that. My regular world <laughs> friends do not know that I'm a millionaire or anything like that, nor should they. It's not their fucking business, basically. People come nor up to the house they? and they're like, exactly. yeah, nor should they. I mean, that, that's also just not what I want to be 
I'm I'm always very, especially with the pandemic, I'm very uh, weary about wary about like put it bragging online or anything like that. So anyway, I did pretty well as a copywriter. I worked with Jeff Walker, Jeff Paul, Jeff Johnson, people that weren't named Jeff as well, and uh, made everybody a lot of money. And then I created an offer called Text Your Wife Into Bed, which I actually reread the other day. It's quite good. If you want to know how to dirty talk, it is a really, really good offer. And that offer, I think I made about 10 grand in the first three months I had that offer up and it did pretty well. And I said, hey, this is way better than writing for clients because all clients suck if you are a copywriter. Even I suck as a client when I'm my own client. So I did text your wife into bed and then I uh, got approached by a PR agent when I was speaking at Jeff Walker's event way back in like 2009, I think it was. And she said, I want to put you on television. And I said, well, that's fucking cool. I'll go on television. And so the really short version is I ended up going on the Rachel Ray show. Uh, you can find a clip of this if you go on YouTube and search for Michael Fiore, F-I-O-R-E, Rachel Ray. And that kind of got me started in the women's relationship niche with a product called Text the Romance Back. And that took off really well, teaching women instead of having how to dirty talk, it was teaching women how to have romantic talk, which was of course dirty talk anyway. Uh, you can see it on the Rachel Ray clip. <laughs> And that offer just took over. I ended up like, yeah, I ended up like taking over the relationship advice niche for women pretty quickly. Other people's offers were getting, I think, 30 cents a click or something. And mine was getting $3 a click all of a sudden because I was doing BSLs as opposed to sales letters. And I knew how to sell shit compared to what they were doing there. So over the next several years, I built that business to, I don't know, 15 million a year, something like that in revenue. Uh, I was making... So my best year, I think I made two and a half million personally. And luckily I was not stupid. So I saved as much money as I could. Cause again, not stupid. Uh, and then my life fell apart. Yeah. Well, you are, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I love it. I mean, oh, cool. people yeah. that, have not, uh, I don't know if you guys know watching this and all the many people that are going to watch this later, uh, Chris and I happen to have so much in common when it comes to how we view uh, life and you know the current world situation and whatnot. So yeah. honestly, I am so darn proud to have him here today. And uh, you know, being humble is something that I admire incredibly in in mm -hmm. in anyone really, um, especially in our industry, right? I mean, our goal is to um, help others too, but it, it's just awesome and empowering to see that. Oh, I just made a few millions, right? Like it's yeah, totally. it's possible. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, we're also saying to all the many people watching that it's it's not this non-achievable goal. Like oh, no, it's, it's all, something no. extremely easy. To, I mean, not easy, but it's definitely possible, uh, especially if you work hard. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it was a much bigger transition going from making thirty-five grand a year to making two hundred grand a year. My first year as a copywriter, I did one eighty or so. Than it was to go from making two or three hundred grand a year to making a couple million, just psychologically. But anyway, like I started that business, was doing really well, was making a couple million a year, and then my life just fell apart. I'm not going to go into all that right now. It's a much longer speech. But I got hit by Lyme disease really, really badly. I could barely get out of bed for about four years. And uh, what I didn't know at the same time is that I have bipolar two disorder. And so the, hey, Farron, good to see you. Uh, and so basically the combination of Lyme disease and bipolar uh, made me really, really angry and really, really narcissistic and just kind of destroyed my life. And if I had still been working as a freelance copywriter when that happened, I would, and I'm not being dramatic here, I would either be dead or homeless or living with my mom right now and just be the most unhealthy person known to man. Luckily, I had a business that was running that was still making me quite a bit of money, even though I could barely work. I didn't really work more than, well, I've honestly, I've barely worked more than 10 to 20 hours a week for about nine years now. <laughs> so despite doing very, very well compared to most people. Uh, so anyway, about five years ago, I got out of my disastrous first marriage. I started getting my health back. 
Uh, the Lyme disease thing seemed to be over. And then I had a massive mental breakdown, basically, and came extraordinarily close to killing myself uh, because my brain was trying to murder me. Uh, actually, a cousin of mine who has bipolar did, in fact, uh, have his disease kill him a few weeks ago, which was very, very sad. So it got pretty dark pretty quickly. And it's interesting because I was I was really well known in marketing circles at that point for having done some be successful, doing this shit. And it's really interesting how when you are known for making some money, people just think you don't have problems. They just think all your problems just go away somehow or something like that. Yeah. Which isn't true. I mean, having money is yeah, having money is better than not having money. I highly recommend it. Uh, I'm not. I am not a greedy person. I am not even a money-driven person. My goal for money is sa is uh, safety and security and taking care of myself and my wife and our tiny little dog, and friends of mine who I care about. I don't care about the flash and dazzle. I have a friend uh, about a year ago. I was talking to. You might even know. I'm not gonna mention his name, but he was saying, "Dude, dude, I'm gonna fucking be a billionaire, man. I'm gonna be a billionaire." And I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> and we yeah. it, right? It is that he's like, "Cause." Because I want to be a billionaire. Like, dude, I know that sounds cool, but but why? Why? And he could not actually explain it. Because once you get, get past the point where your bills are paid, and you're not worrying about shit that much, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. It just becomes a number at that point. Like, you know, get enough away, put away that you don't have to worry about, like, you know, when the pandemic started, I was a little worried, like everybody was. Didn't really affect my business too much, but I was a little worried. But I also knew that I had been smart for saving my money when I could. Uh, and was in a good position. Yeah. And so honestly, the short version, these days I don't do much, but I'm working on it. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing that and being vulnerable on, on um, because in our industry, you know, uh, everyone thinks uh, they are alone when they feel crappy, yeah. or especially for yeah. entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From the outside, it looks brilliant and cool. You know, top it with the travel when we can travel, the fancy events. Everyone thinks it's like this glamour laughs. And to an extent, we have a lot of beautiful perks. Um, but not too many people are comfortable talking about the vulnerability of how tough it gets sometimes. So I really appreciate you for saying something about it because I bet someone listening is going to be like, well, if Chris had all that crap and he was able to get to a point where he's thriving, not just, okay, he's mm -hmm. thriving. Well, maybe I can too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I when I was twenty six, when I was twenty six, the biggest I could dream was forty five grand a year. That was the biggest I could dream when I was twenty six years old. I had never made more than thirty grand a year at that point. I got fired from a job writing greeting cards for a living for like twenty eight thousand dollars or something. And the biggest dream I had was, oh my god, if I can just make forty five grand as a writer, how amazing would that be? And then within a few years, that I was making six figures, and a few years of that I was making seven figures, and even now, like you know, I make really good money for somebody who doesn't really work that much these days so uh you know i make more than most of my friends and i uh, and i always laugh about it because they're because most of my friends are just like they have no idea what i do and they're like you have a job I'm like kind of you know kind of yeah i do stuff. i do this kind of thing i write some things sometimes yeah uh, I'm I'm hoping that uh, you know that the the slice that you have prepared for us today mm -hmm. is going to help some of our friends uh, get a bit more expertise uh, on, yeah. on how to uh, you know achieve some of their goals uh, sooner. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, if you're ready, I'm super yeah. ready. I'm really excited. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, guys. I, I had a a quick peek at what Chris is gonna talk to us about today, and it's pretty darn brilliant. Mm. 
Well, thank you very much. So we're on the screen there. That's great. Uh, don't pay too much attention to the things on the left. That's just so I can actually see what I'm talking about. So uh, this is actually from a training that I did I don't know, three years ago for people that were writing Facebook articles for us. I believe we were driving, where is this? Where is this actually going? I'm forgetting which offer this is going to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. This is for a product that we have called Language of Desire that was, I think it was, it was a top 10 ClickBank offer for about three years, I think, something like that. At its peak, we were doing, I don't know, $100,000 a day in sales, something like that from affiliates mostly. We had these, uh, we had these like Israeli or something affiliates driving a fuck ton of traffic at one point. And a lot of that was coming through our Facebook traffic. My business originally was completely built off affiliate traffic. And then we ended up kind of getting into our own traffic at a certain point because the affiliate base, this became a lot harder to do. I think partly that's because I got so sick that I wasn't personally driving our niche anymore. And nobody else in our niche was quite as aggressive as I was. So this article, this is called How to Write Cash-Sucking, Like-Baiting, Comments-Attracting Articles for Facebook. This is actually the first part of three parts of the training. But if I did the entire thing, it would be an hour to an hour and a half or something. So unfortunately, I'm not able to do that. But I got to tell you, the rest of the content, really good. Maybe I'll share it someday. So uh, I called this the Facebook article Voltron. I hope you guys know what Voltron was. I'm 43. So when I was a kid, Voltron was a big deal. And I call it the Facebook article Voltron because every part of the funnel of your Facebook funnel has to fit together and be congruent for it to work, right? Every single part from the Facebook ad to the article that we were doing that you land on to the VSL all has to kind of combine in some way to become something that gets people to actually buy your shit, as Frank Kern would say. So here's how our Facebook article funnel works when it works. Of course, nothing works all the time. Uh, it's always funny. I was talking to Kelly Felix and Craig uh, Clemens recently. Craig's a great guy, both of whom are phenomenally successful people. And we were talking about how when you have a reputation, people think that every single thing you do crushes it out of the ballpark. And that is not true whatsoever. Uh, every single one of us has had failures. I had an offer that I worked really hard on uh, a few months ago that I thought was going to be this huge thing that we are still trying to figure out why it's not working. And I am a very, very good copywriter uh, at this point in my life. So it happens to everybody. Don't get down on yourself if your first thing or your third thing or your fifth thing or your ninth thing does not work. There is no such thing as an overnight success. We There's just an overnight so people finally figured out who you are. So here's an example of an article post on our Facebook page. Um, and I'm going to go through kind of what the segments of this are in a minute. But let me just read the ad to you if you can't kind of zoom in on, it on your screen. So if you see up there, that's uh, Michael Fury. That is my alter ego. That is me. Uh, I think that picture was taken about 10 years ago uh, after I was on the Rachel Ray show. I did not have my awesome mustache back then, and I barely feel like myself looking at it. But the article says, uh, this is actually based off a swipe copy that we did that did really well for us. So it says, when a man closes his eyes while making love to you, it means he's not making love to you at all. To understand why a man closing his eyes while you're making love is so destructive to a relationship, and to learn to bring his erotic focus back to you where it belongs, you need to understand two things. And of course, that is a curiosity build kind of thing. What is that? Then down below that, we have the actual article title, Sex Means Nothing to a Man If He Does This, which is the single best subject line I have personally ever done. We have made so much money off that subject line alone. And it says, relationship expert Felicity Keith, who is the, uh, the person that is actually the, the guru behind this particular product, reveals why closing her, his eyes during sex could be a devastating signal that you're a man is emotionally on his way out the door and exactly what's going through his mind when he's not looking at you and how to blah, blah, blah. And there's a link to our digital romance thing. Uh, the reason I kept with that hook for it was because every single woman I know has the experience of being in bed with a man 
and you're trying to be all sexy and you're having a really good time and he closes his eyes and you're like, is he thinking about my sister this whole time or is he here with me? Every single woman I know has had that experience to some degree. And what we want to do with all of these articles, with everything we do, is kind of get into, as Jake says uh, here, somebody just said here, how visceral this kind of, oh yeah, Jake Landon, how visceral you are. I'm always trying to go for primal, visceral emotions. That was is what has made me good at this. I suck at research. I suck at logic. A lot of my letters barely make logical sense, but a lot of them pull extremely well because of that. So let's break down the uh, how this little uh, ad here is broken down. So the page comment teaser copy up above, which I just talked about, which again, that's all about creating curiosity and kind of grabbing people. When people see the ad, they're actually gonna read this headline down here, sex means nothing to a man before they read anything else, but then they will go up and they will read that actual copy before they click through. We have to have an attention grabbing picture. The picture by itself can have a tremendous impact on what kind of click throughs you get. Uh, for this thing, I think we tested probably 10 or 20 pictures over the course of the uh, life of this particular ad. And this kind of black and white one with two people uh, you know, making out, which is Facebook friendly, it's not too sexy, it does the job, pulled the best for us. From there, we click over to the actual article that is on our website. And if you look on there, uh, you can probably find the article if you look at that URL right there if you want to check it out. Uh, but the short version of it is that it's basically based off of a email that we wrote. And it goes through, I'm just going to go to the section where I break down everything down in a second. Let me just double check that. But the article, the beginning of it says, relationship expert Felicity Keith reveals why closing his eyes during sex could be a devastating signal that your man is emotionally on his way out the door and exactly what's going through his mind when he's not looking at you and how to snap his attention, love, and lust back to you and only you forever. So at the top of the article, we have the headline, and then we have that bit, which is basically advertising the article again. Now notice, I'm not talking about a freaking BSL at this point. I'm not talking about a product at this point whatsoever. Um, my goal at this point is I don't even freaking want you to know there's a product at this point in the video. I want you to, I read the, the, uh, the funnel, I want you to be focused on the article and what you are going to learn from the article. So let's break down a little bit how this article is set up. So we have the headline at the top, sex means nothing to a man if he does this. And then we have the pre-article, which is optional. We've tried it with and without. I like having it because it's basically a little bit of like sizzle copy to get people to uh, actually read the article. Underneath that, we have the VSL seed copy, which is doo -doo 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 -doo. Oh yeah, right down here is the first time we in any way kind of put any kind of link. And if you see here, it says, if you have, and I know you have had a guy close his eyes, you need to read this article and watch this special video I've put together for you that teaches you how to become the object of all his fantasies and desires right now before it's too late. You're always going to have a small percentage of people that just click through on that link right away. They go right to the video. We've tested having that kind of uh, above the fold um, link as opposed to not having an above the fold link. And we've always seen it work better with that. We also usually have these banners on the right, which are not actually all for language of desire, a few of them for other things. Um, under that, we have the content that builds belief system for the VSL. And what I mean here is if you're looking at the next part of this article, which says, you know, uh, when a man closes his eyes while making love to you, it means he's not making love to you at all. To understand why uh, he's closing his eyes is destructive. You have to read this article and learn these two things. And this is a concept that I call uh, teaching the prospect to be your customer, right? What I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to get them to believe a certain set of things so that I can then sell them. If you look at my text the romance back VSL, that VSL is really built around the same thing. In that VSL, I spend the first several minutes of it 
saying, hi, I'm Michael Fury, and I'm gonna teach you how to use text messages to get this man to be so addicted to you. And the first chunk of that letter is, hey, how do I uh, get somebody to, uh, I have to teach them why text messaging is actually the best possible way to get a man interested before I say, hey, I'm gonna sell you a product that teaches you how to do that. So there's these two, you know, for men, the mind is the only erogenous zone that matters. And the number two is when it comes to sex, men are intensely visual creatures. And then from there, I move on. Um, we do have the call to action on the right and the banners on the right. From there, we move down to additional content, uh, which is just chunky, really good. Like, hey, I'm actually trying to teach you something in this letter or in this, uh, this article. So this content is setting the table for the VSL, creating a belief set that will make the VSL most effective. The big thing here, as Jeff Walker and every other marketing mentor I ever had uh, tells you, um, this content should, is, should be useful but incomplete. I'm trying to teach them a concept, but in this article, I am not in any way trying to actually teach them how to do anything, right? I'm like for using text the romance back as another example, I'm trying to teach them at that point in the funnel why text messaging is so incredibly effective and powerful, but I'm not at that point saying, hey, here's the actual text, because that's what we're gonna sell down the line. And it's really easy for a lot of people to give away way too much um, <laughs> chunky stuff early on. I've had uh, many people who I've, I've rewritten their sales letters over the years and, and oftentimes doubled their conversions. And largely it's because they're usually trying to teach too much and the problem that happens, especially in the VSL, if you do that, is people watch the VSL and they say, hey, this is the hot potato technique. That sounds really cool. I'm gonna go try the hot potato technique. And if it works, I'll come back and buy the product. And of course, they never actually try the technique and they never actually buy the product at that point because life is busy. You get involved with other things. Um, from there, let me see what we got next. Uh, at the bottom of the article, oh yeah. So then we have the bridge to the VSL call to action uh, underneath the content. So if you look at the content here, uh, the bridge into that is, and what that means is that when a man closes his eyes during sex, when he's not focusing on how amazing you feel, he's bringing up pictures in his mind of other women, of his secret fantasies he's afraid to tell you, of porn, and is drifting further and further away from you. So what's the point of that copy? It's to enhance insecurities. Right. What we're trying to do there is actually get the person who's reading it to feel in a lot of ways worse about themselves and worse about the situation that they're having. We are basically you know, agitating the need they might have. And then we have the actual transition into the pitch. But again, we're not really talking about the product. We're not talking about the VSL, except for that tiny little call to action before we get to anything else here. So then it says that's the bad news. Now, here's the wonderful news of how you can make your man's eyes snap open look at you with absolute love and lust and desire and have him focus on you and only you forever. And then here's what this is all about, which is a link. And then it says, at the beginning of this article, I told you about a special video I put together and wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I want you to go watch that video right now. Now notice, I'm not saying, hey, there's kind of a video that you might wanna like that might actually be useful at this thing. I am giving a command. I will tell you yep. the entire reason to build my Michael Fury business and that brand into doing millions and millions of dollars of sales a year is because I am not afraid to tell people what to do. <laughs> I know this is strange, but a lot Brilliant. of people, yeah, yeah. A lot of people in this world are just looking for somebody to tell them what to do. Um, why, for instance, does our current president do as well as he does with some people? Because he's so certain about what he believes. Whether he's right or wrong, we're not going to get into that right now. He's wrong. But he is very certain about it. 
He says, I am in charge. I know what I'm talking about. You should listen to me and you will get the results that you want. When I was doing a lot more Michael Fiore stuff, even though I had a crappy relationship at the time, I was willing to get up there and say, hi, I'm Michael Fiore and I know the truth and I know what to tell you. When people said, hey, Michael Fiore at the time, how can you teach me how to get married when you're not married? My response was always, does your doctor have to have had a heart attack in order to, in order to perform surgery on you? And that usually shuts them up real quick because I knew what I was talking about. But again, being confident, having that level of power, being able to look in the camera and say, I know the truth and you do not is a very, very powerful thing. So uh, underneath that part, we have the click magnet image called action, which is a little bit of a, uh, do, 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 a picture of what the VSL page actually looks for, um, how to make a man sexually obsessed with you. It's a really good VSL actually, if you go to languageofdesire.com. Again, that is probably, it's one of the highest converting things I've ever done. Uh, I will say that letter definitely bought my house for me uh, back in the day. It's a nice house. You might want to live here if you can. Um, that big image is going to get way more clicks than anything else that you're actually going to put in the letter because people like to be uh, visual. It's also really big. They can click it. And then we have the sign off. And then we have the PS. If you guys are copywriters and know anything about copywriting, you know the PS is incredibly uh, effective and powerful in this kind of thing because what happens? People get to an article like this, they look at the headline, they scan down a little bit, they read the subheads, and oftentimes they'll go all the way down to the PS at the very bottom before they do anything else. And they'll kind of read that and then we'll go back up to the top and read the article from the beginning. Uh, and then in this case, we have a bio of Felicity who is the guru for this particular product. And uh, that's it for that. From there, they go to the sales letter, the VSL, which we're not going to go into too much detail mm -hmm. on right here because I could literally talk about how to write a VSL for six hours straight, even though it usually only takes me about one. 10 hours. Let's do another one and focus on <laughs> the we'll VSL. Do another, we'll, we'll do another one. I'll lay out, I'll, I will, you know, Anna, when you first asked me to do this, what most people ask me to talk about when I do any kind of podcast or anything is storytelling and how to do emotional storytelling. And I had a presentation that I could not find on my computer that I thought about submitting to do here in which I take a very basic short story about a man walking into his boss's office and turn it into an incredibly dramatic um, event where this man is full of insecurity around his wife and he has this entire relationship with his boss and he feels emasculated in all these ways and he goes in there to ask for a uh, raise and he's thinking about his wife the entire time and his boss says these things and, and maybe if I can find it or I'll just give you the video which I think is on Facebook somewhere, I'll do that for you because it's really, really good. So then again, at the end of that, we have the entire funnel, right? Here's the whole Voltron. Uh, and look at the way it kind of goes down here, right? So we have about uh, 2 million, 2.3 million people on our Michael Fiore Facebook site that I have nothing to do with because I hate social media and don't want to spend time on it, but I have people that do. Um, so yeah, that first bit, which is the actual ad on Facebook, you're going to get a, a ton of, of looks on it and then you'll get some clicks. Then you'll get about like 1% of those people, which is all you really need to go to the actual article. And then maybe you'll get a few percent of those people to go to the VSL. You're gonna shut all these people along the way, but that's okay because our business is built off of large numbers more than anything else. And each of these parts of our funnel has a different job, right? Has a different job in our funnel. So the job yeah. of the article post on Facebook page is to grab attention of the qualified leads, which is the topic and the headline. Obviously, we don't want men, for instance, to be honest, you know, gay men are intuitive, whatever, but we typically don't want too many men actually clicking on our articles because, of course, that costs us money. Quick thing, by the way, 
men will usually not click on things that are put out there for women. But if you put out things that are teaching men about women, women will click on it more than men do. <laughs> That's a brilliant point. It really, it's a big deal because women are so fascinated by what men think of them, and what goes on in men's minds. I have a product called uh, The Secret Survey, which is all about teaching the intricacies of, intricacies of what goes on in a man's mind to women. And women are like, this is so fascinating. Oh my God, you guys want to fuck everything, don't you? And you're like, yes, we want to fuck everything. You are correct until we get old enough not to do that. So the actual post on Facebook is supposed to grab the attention of our qualified leads, supposed to get as many qualified leads as possible to click through to the article, set expectations for the article to fulfill, encourage shares, and encourage constructive and even critical comments. Comments are pretty much always good. Um, you're going to get negative ones. I purposely, I learned really early in my career as Michael Fury that I should never, ever, ever read customer service things. I should never, ever, ever read comments underneath Facebook posts, anything like that. It doesn't matter how good the work you do is. It doesn't matter how much you believe in what you're doing. You're going to get people who are going to talk shit about you. Uh, Michael yep. Fury has gotten death threats, quite a few of them actually. Michael Fury has gotten marriage proposals. Uh, Michael Fury, even about five years ago, had a, a woman who I feel very bad for who lives in Atlanta get on a plane and fly all the way to Seattle and try to find me because she thought due to our emails that we send out uh, pretty much every day that we had a relationship and she was in love with Michael Fury and she flew all the way here and was trying to find my house. And I was actually much more concerned for my wife than I was for anything else because that woman's delusions uh, may have led to some bad things. I will say right now, uh, dealing with significant mental health challenges myself. There's no judgment here whatsoever. I mostly just feel badly for her. But again, this kind of stuff can be a little dangerous. This is actually why at this point in my life, I'm really trying to figure out how much of a public figure I want to be in any way. Because in my experience, fame kind of sucks. Like I wouldn't really, past a certain point where your ego gets fed a lot, it really kind of sucks, especially these days, because people can find you. Uh, don't do it. So let me get to the actual article. What is the article trying to do here? The article is trying to fulfill expectations from the article post, no bait and switch. If you put somebody on an ad and they go to an article that does not fulfill what you promised in the article, you are going to have a lot of trouble with Facebook. It's going to fall apart for you. And then finally from there, the job of the VSL is, can you guess, can you guess what the job of the VSL is? The job of the VSL is to make the damn sale. Uh, yeah. So many people are still afraid to sell. I think you have a lot of newbies on this kind of thing, right? A lot of folks that yeah. are new to marketing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of folks who are new are so terrified of selling anything. They're so terrified of asking for money. They usually kind of walk up and they say, here's this awesome product. And they're kind of waiting for you to be the one who actually takes the step of buying something. Someday I will teach you guys a bit more about how to actually make the sale, how to transition from your story into the actual sale, what type of tone to use in your VSL, all the things like that. Unfortunately, I did find out that uh, for our digital romance stuff, we sell more Michael Fury stuff if we have the VSL be from the point of view of a woman who either one that's inside our company or a testimonial essentially. And I thought I had a good voice. I've had women actually in the past tell Michael Fury, sometimes they just listen to the VSL over and over again because they like the sound of my voice. And I say, God damn it, you're, you're costing me money by doing that. Please don't do that unless you're gonna buy something. So the buzzwords for making sure each part in this Voltron does its job are curiosity and congruence. What is curiosity? So curiosity, which is the number one thing 
in marketing, in my opinion, right? If you can get somebody curious, that's the first step in making the sale. Our YouTube ads right now that we run, um, I forget how much we're running right now. It's probably five to $10,000 a day in YouTube, YouTube ads. We're making good money off of that. The pitch for that, the opening line of the video on YouTube is I believe, what is it? Oh God, it's something around along the lines of like, there's a four word phrase any woman can say that causes a man to fall deeply, desperately in love, forget about all other women, chase you to the ends of the earth and beg you to be his and only his forever, right? I got a text message from an old friend of mine yesterday, uh, my friend Nona, saying, Chris, 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 what's the four-word phrase? What's the four-word yeah. phrase? You have to tell me. I saw it on YouTube. Curiosity, what's the four-word huh? phrase? Yeah, curiosity. I've had people from high school find that. And it's really funny when people from high school, like Sarah Gasiwa, who I knew 30 years ago in high school, because I'm freaking old at this point, says, oh my God, Chris, I can't believe I saw you on the internet. What is this shit? Because I'm from Massachusetts and we all talk that way when I'm home. Uh, it's a pistol <laughs> dude, right? But it's brilliant. And just, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I want to make oh, a no, real parentheses because, you know, we do, um, we have a lot of health offers, right? And yep. Everything that Chris has shared, um, you know, the steps, the way you have the post that takes you to the article and then the VSL, these are beautiful content steps that really you can apply to a health or a fitness offer mm -hmm. easily. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, the curiosity aspect is, uh, you know, impeccable. I think Liz mentioned this on our last podcast, too, how important it is to have this part as your, your content. So thank you. This is great. You're very welcome. I mean, people are bored, right? People are, this is the thing that it's easy to forget when you've been in marketing like you and I have for 15 years now, because again, I'm old. Um, is like, you know, like I, I still remember what it's like to make shit money and have to wake up at six in the morning every day and like and take a shower and have your coffee and go get in your car and cram yourself in your car and go to your office and pretend to work all day pretend to work all day because most people don't really work. There's a great book called Bullshit Jobs that talks about that, how most people who are at really any level, you barely do anything all day. I get more done in my two to three hours a day of work than most people get done in 10 to 12 hours a day of work. Because when I go to my desk down here, I work and then I go play video games and do yoga because that's what I'd rather do with my time. So the curiosity has to create a question in the mind of the prospect. Sex means nothing to a man if he does what? That's the whole point of that entire thing is to be sex means nothing to a man if he does what? In this case, it closes his eyes, uh, but nonetheless, it can be anything at that point. The curiosity needs to be about something relevant to the problems of our target market. So if you're doing a health thing, for instance, if you're doing something about, say, Lyme disease or something like that, the curiosity would be uh, the secret cause of Lyme disease. They don't want you to know or something. Please don't use that copy. This has not been vetted by a lawyer and you shouldn't do that. Um, figure out the market's, deep in, market's deepest anxieties and build your article topics off of them. The curiosity can either be something you never knew but need to or an amazing benefit or both. An effective curiosity causes strong emotions. You either want to get people happy or you want to get them pissed off. Again, just look at politics. Just look at politics for ideas on this. The entire point of politics is to create emotion, to piss people off, to create a common enemy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they are really, really good at it on both sides of the aisle. I think Republicans are better at it because they're better at being assholes, but hey, that's mm -hmm. thing. Uh, congruence. Congruent means it fits together. Being congruent means each part of the Voltron fits together with the others like a puzzle piece. The author needs to have a consistent point of view, even if it's wrong, 
Uh, no surprises after the click. You always know where we're taking you. And a lack of congruence or bait and switch pieces people off and destroys sales. So again, do not put an article, I mean, a post up there saying sex means nothing to a man if he does this, and then have an article that doesn't, doesn't actually tell you anything about that. You will get complaints. Uh, we actually had to change one of our VSLs recently because we did the VSL, the VSL is really good. It converted really well. And then we discovered our best uh, email copy had things in it that were not in the VSL because I, I try not to let reality get in the way of when I'm doing the first draft of my copy at any time because I just want to be able to creatively write. So we actually had to go back and change the VSL and actually add um, that forward question or whatever it was or phrase into the actual product to make sure that it was there because we were getting some complaints from people because again, the curiosity for that thing, the forward phrase was so powerful that people were watching the YouTube video, which is two minutes long, they were going to the actual VSL from YouTube. They were watching the entire VSL. They were buying the product. They were looking through the product for that forward phrase. And then if they couldn't find it, they were pissed off. That is how powerful curiosity can actually be. That is how powerful congruence can actually be. And that is going to be pretty much the end of part one. So now that I've shown you all the pieces of the FP article Voltron, it's time to show you how to do it. The second and third part of this, which would take me about an hour to go through and each section is actually longer, is where I go through actually how to write the article, how to write the post, stuff like that. I went through it yesterday, it's brilliant. I'm sorry you don't get to see it at least right now. Right now. So um, that is actually the bulk of it. That's the whole thing right there that I'm allowed and able to share with you today. I hope it was useful, I hope it was good. I hope it did the job. If I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. But no, if I had more time, I would teach you things that would blow your mind and I would speak about twice as fast as I am now to fit it all in. <laughs> there we go. Well, we'll I, let's uh, make a promise to everyone. We'll do this more <laughs> often uh, because there is always good content. And then, oh, you know, yeah. share the, the great stuff. Um, yeah. And everyone that was very patient. <laughs> And thank you for waiting to, uh, you know, saving your questions until until the end. Um, mm -hmm. I'm gonna make sure we didn't miss anything uh, besides all the hellos and the love to Chris. Hi guys. Oh, Darcy uh, asked earlier, do you think Facebook will allow this copy today? Um, I'm not really sure. So personally, uh, I really pulled back from being too involved all that and all that stuff. You know, back in the day, I was very involved in the Facebook ads. I was very involved in everything else. And honestly, we've talked about this. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how much I want uh, marketing to be a part of my life moving forward from this point. I've kind of reached the pinnacle of that a few years ago. And we were talking yesterday about how with the pandemic, uh, there's parts of our business that I personally found myself kind of disgusted by. A little bit uh, during this entire thing. We can't really get into that right now. But primarily, that business is kind of run by Mike Halakakis, who works for me right now. They bring me in uh, when they need me to be Michael Fury with my mustache now, mm -hmm. or when they need me to speak or doing something like that. I have had many people uh, ask me to do a copywriting course, ask me to do something like that. I have a course I actually created eight or nine years ago that's very, very good. But I don't know about being a guru at this point. I'm really not sure how attracted I am to that. Despite the fact that I'm good at it, it's not really necessarily something I want to do. So we'll see. But you know, I mean, if, if the people want it and they're asking for it, you have so many people creating courses mm -hmm. uh, without it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah. the way was to say that they don't have a, you know, no one is asking for the courses. Oh, no, but totally. this, yeah. You know, we have people ask all the time and, yeah. you know. Um, well, here's the deal, right. you know, but you know this, so many people, um, 
like Craig Clemens, for instance. You know who Craig is? You've met Craig before, right? Great guy. He used to work for Ivan Pagan back in the day. He runs Golden Hippo, which is a huge business. One of the nicest guys I know in the entire business. No ego, which is shocking considering what he's done. And we were talking the other day, and he's like, you know, I could do that, but then you get all the attention from the FCC and the, you know, all that, the FDA and all that kind of shit. And also you get people ripping you off. When I've taught how to write sales videos in the past, I've had to deal with people stealing my copy more often than they would otherwise. Cause they're like, well, Chris is really good. So if I just take his copy and steal it, like this guy in Nigeria yesterday, um, then I'll do really well. I actually had a guy years ago who was running a launch in the men's, uh, the men's dating niche, you know, how to get women. Which, by the way, the men's dating niche, the only way to sell shit in the men's dating niche is basically how to turn every woman into your personal slut, which is why I don't really like writing copy in that niche anymore because it doesn't really do anything for me. But this guy writes me. He's like, hey, Chris, hey, Chris, hey, Chris, I got this amazing offer. It's the best thing that we've ever done in the entire world. It's converting so well. We're doing this launch. You should, you know, you should, you should, you should promote it. It's going to do so well. And then I went to Burning Man and I came back from Burning Man and I actually clicked on the link and I looked at it and I was like, yeah. You're right. It's converting really, really well. Because it's, my, <laughs> it's right. my copy. Yeah, because I wrote it. Because I wrote it. That's why. It was like 5% different. I got the guy on the phone. I was a much angrier and more of an asshole back then because I hadn't gotten through my Lyme disease. I hadn't gotten medicated for bipolar, anything like that. Uh, he threw his copywriter under the bus, which I do not respect. I personally think if your business makes a mistake, you are the one that is responsible for it. The buck stops with you. You can yell at your people later. You can do what you want to do. But yep. when it comes to that, you are the one who has to take the actual bullet at that point. Uh, he threw his copywriter under the bus. And I basically had to tell him, I said, I know your launch is coming up and I don't care. So you either get to take this entire VSO and funnel down by tomorrow, or I'm going to make some phone calls and you are never going to be on, on, on ClickBank again. And he took it down because you don't get to do that to me or to anyone else. Sorry. Well, but I'm so nice now. I'm really nice now, I promise. <laughs> you're like, I'm nice now. I know, you're, you know, I, obviously, uh, I know. Mm -hmm. uh, Ramon yeah. made a, a good point that YouTube videos to VSL sound like a great idea to test uh, only that native Facebook to VSL. Uh, Ramon is a, it's a good partner of ours. So cool. I'm excited to see that he's, uh, you know, watching and it's helpful. Uh, another question, when it comes to writing content, what are the top two do not do things? Um, God, like have articles that don't say anything, honestly, like just kind of having an article that is nothing but sales, sales, sales. I want you to buy my stuff. I want you to buy my stuff. I want you to buy my stuff. It's like romance, right? You can't just walk up to a girl and say, hey, want to fuck? Actually, you can. You can do that and eventually you'll get somebody to say yes, but they might not be somebody you actually want to do that with. Instead, I've written, you have to do a little romance. You have to figure out what she wants. You have to know a little bit about female psychology. I've, I, if anybody on this wants to know how to um, talk dirty to a woman, a woman in a way that gets her all turned on, I have courses on that and they're really, really good. And actually, they're copywriting courses that are applied to something besides copywriting. <gasps> That's how I built my entire business. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's most of it. That's, that's the biggest part of it, really. It's just making sure you actually teach them something valuable. You want people to feel satisfied, but not entirely satisfied by the article. There's always got to be that little bit of extra pulling them through. Uh, another good question. Do you think it makes more sense to hire a content writer or trying to learn how to do it yourself, myself, in this case? Well, I, I think it's good to know how to do it. Right, it's very important. Like it's like with uh, copywriting, right? So there's a lot of business owners out there 
who are not copywriters, but they're actually really good at writing copy for their niche because they know their niche really, really well. I am probably the best relationship advice copywriter in the world at this point. Maybe my friend Sunny is really good as well, but I'm very, 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 very good at it. Um, God, where was I? My brain is breaking these days. Where was I going with that? I forget these days. Uh, well, the, the question was that oh, yeah, if yeah, you there we go. Yeah. Yeah. or doing well, your, yeah. so I, you're actually I really was, there you go. Um, it's really yeah. <laughs> anyway, you need to know enough to be able to know if what you're getting from your content writers is any good or not, much like with a VSL. You need to know enough what a good VSL is to be able to understand how hooks work, to be able to understand how coming up with product concepts works, all that kind of thing. And then you can try to hire somebody. Actually, I, I have a big concern because there are a lot of bad copywriters out there. There are a lot of people who don't know what they're doing, but they bought a course from somebody who is actually not that good of a copywriter in the first place. Here's a hint, guys. Here's a hint. Here's an important thing, a very important thing. If the only way the person that you are learning copy, marketing, whatever it is online, the only way they make money is by teaching you, don't listen to them. Just don't. They don't know what they're talking about. You learn from people who have worked outside of that niche. You learn from people who at least have a history of making money outside of teaching you how to make money. I'm going to give you a secret. Teaching people how to make money is really easy as far as selling it is, right? Because all you have to do is say, hey, give me 2,000 bucks and you'll have 100,000 bucks. Exactly. Easiest That's thing in the world. It's yeah. a beautiful point, right? And mm -hmm. while, while we are helping, uh, you know, a lot of marketers that have, you know, that have done a lot of money with us, we also have a lot of people that are getting started. And it's mm -hmm. incredibly important. I mean, we made it a point, you know, at Maxwell, we have not created a course because we want to make sure we don't charge affiliates anything. However, we do have a few courses that we are comfortable recommending uh specifically because we know the people behind them yeah. actually have made money themselves and that's mm -hmm. how they the experience to tell so yeah, i'm going to share that right because we're going to probably have people watch this uh, the next few days there are um maybe not even working with maxweb there are smaller content writers that you know they probably want to spend money on a course and yep. it's great advice to make sure you know the person you are looking at has made money outside of teaching you how to do that. Yeah, um, very, very important. Yeah. Great question from Jake. Uh, how do you narrow in on biases or perspective, moral attitudes, insecurities? You live your life. You live your fucking life is what you do. Here's this is another bit. I, I, I think I said this in a speech years ago. I was speaking at uh, my friend Mike Long's mastermind in, I think it was in Los Angeles or something like that. And I was talking about how, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm good at talking to people, right? Like the, the, my favorite thing in the world is to meet new people and to talk to them and get to know them and figure out what's going on and use everything I've learned in my life, which has had its difficulties to try to help these people. And while I was at this mastermind during the course of two days, I sat down, I met out of those 30 people, I had pretty deep conversations with almost all of them there. Uh, friends of mine joke, they're like, Chris does not do small talk. Don't try to do small talk with Chris. He will get right into the center review within about 10 minutes. <laughs> so people told me all sorts of things because I'm very open, right? I'll talk about my dad dying. I'll talk about a sexual abuse thing I had when I was six years old. I'll talk about my bipolar, whatever it is, very openly because I think it's important to do that. By the way, vulnerability is strength. So for the guys that are watching this particularly who are like, I can't admit anything's wrong. 
women actually think you're way more powerful if you're able to oh, yeah. be vulnerable in that way. I can attest to that. I mean, totally, you know, right? Yeah, so. Being able to be a, a large, hairy-chested man who's not afraid of having emotions is actually very, very alluring. And so what I told them when I got on stage finally was like, hey, I've talked to all of you guys over the last few days. I've heard things about um, cancer. I've heard things about divorce. I've heard things about sexual abuse. I've heard things about insecurity, car accidents, every single thing here. And I bet none of you in the audience have heard any of that. And none of you in the audience understand that you're not the only one who is suffering. Every single person here thinks they are, it thinks they, uh, they have um, uh, the imposter complex where they don't think they actually belong, to, belong in the room. They have all of this fear and anxiety, et cetera. So the way I've always done it, partly because I am bipolar, so all my emotions tend to be very intense sometimes, is just sitting back and, and almost doing, um, almost doing like a, an acting exercise in a way. I kind of sit there and I let myself feel like the prospect. I am, uh, as I always say, I am very in touch with my feminine side. And if, uh, if you let me, I'll be in touch with yours as well works pretty well. Um, but just kind of getting into it and feeling about it and remembering, you know, how would you personally react to this kind of issue? Can you find a time in your past when you felt this kind of devastation? I actually wrote a sales letter for Joe Barton years ago where I used the experience of uh, my dad dying in that letter because my dad died of a heart attack. And the letter was about heart health and about blood pressure and things like that. I have another one I did. I was in a horrible car wreck. Uh, 15 years ago, I smashed my car into a semi truck, bounced off it, slammed into a wall at about 40 miles an hour, had my right leg locked out, twisted my spine. And now, uh, 15 years later, I've spent the last six years very slowly repairing my body. But you have your own experiences that you can use. Beyond that, um, what people do that I don't do, but other people, friends of mine do, is you go to forums, you go to Reddit, you go to all of these different places, and you find what people are kind of talking about. You find the insecurities they have. You find the relationships and the situations they're in that are horrible, especially right now, especially right now. So many people are suffering so much right now. Um, yeah. And I have, a friend, I have a friend who's moving into my house in two months because otherwise she's going to end up homeless. And she's one of my favorite people. She's like a sister to me. And I'm like, you're going to move in for six months. We're going to get you back on your feet and you're going to be okay because people are just suffering right now in a way they haven't before, which is actually why I, I have a real problem with some people in our industry right now, especially in the make money online niche who don't know what they're talking about, who do not have a, um, a history of success outside of the make money online niche and are charging people who are fucking starving almost for $2,000 courses. So let me just say, I, I hate to do this. Fuck you for doing that if you're doing that. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I'm humbly saying this. Maxwell has a wonderful reputation right now. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we put a lot of thought into every partner that we invite to speak in front of our audience, right? So, you know, I appreciate you so much because, you know, through everything that you do i mean you've made money with this it's easy yeah. for you to come and say okay so you can use the uh this article you're gonna write the uh, you know the facebook blurb that's gonna take you to the article and then the vsl uh make sure you're super direct on the call to action so yeah. you know when you say stuff it's gonna be helpful because you actually yeah. made a lot of money from it and yeah. that's that's important, right? Mm -hmm. um, sorry, but, 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 I more but you and I are on the same line on this. We're like, ethics matter, right? It's so easy yep. to forget that in this business. I could make a lot more money really easily, really. I could make 
four million dollars a year if I just busted my ass for a few months really easily. All I would have to do is get rid of my soul, right? All I would have to do is be somebody who was willing to do, for instance, what was this thing six months ago that I got really mad about? It was pandemic profits. And I got furious. I was like, what the fuck are you doing putting that out there? Like, I, I actually called the people involved and I was like, well, I, I will never work with you if you continue down this path because that's just scummy. Like it actually matters what you do. There are real people on the other end of these things. There are real people with real problems who are looking to you for help and you have a responsibility to do the best you can to actually deliver on your promises. Absolutely. Yeah, I get off my high horse. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Stepping down. <laughs> um, Mustafa had a question. Uh, hey, Chris, what are your top three tips we should be applying right now? Oh, golly. Don't put me on the spot or anything. Um, the <laughs> thing is, you know, learn psychology, learn human psychology, read books on behavioral psychology more than anything else. Learn about cognitive biases. There's a great giant green book. Uh, by I'm forgetting the names of the two guys who did all of the research on cognitive biases who are absolutely amazing. I'm conflating them with the guys who do uh, neurolinguistic programming right now in my head. But just learning about human psychology, learning about the fact that human beings are fundamentally irrational. We are not rational creatures. I am not rational. You are not rational. If you think you're rational, you are wrong. You are absolutely wrong. And the thing about the last uh, couple of years, especially this year, watching what's going on in, in America and all around the world and the fact that people are believing crazy stuff, absolutely crazy stuff with the QAnon stuff, all that kind of thing, is a surprise to people who haven't worked in marketing for 15 years. It's not a surprise to us whatsoever, right? Because we know that people are credulous, people are gullible, people will believe things. And more importantly, and this is the biggest reason all of that works, is because people want to feel a sense of control. And the way to feel a sense of control is not to be like, oh my God, the world is chaos, what's going on? It's to be like, oh, it's those people. Those people are the ones that are causing all the problems. Those people over there. And if we just do something about those people, the common enemy will be fine. But just learning all that stuff, listen to podcasts, watch movies, do everything you can to learn about how people actually are, not how people you want people to be, because who cares how you want them to be? You have to live in reality at this point if you actually want to make sales and if you want to help people with what you're doing. Awesome. Um, another good question. Uh, how important is the headline versus the copy? I think they mean, you know, and basically even on Facebook when you do it, like, you know, you have the big headline on top of a picture or a video, and then it takes you to the beautiful copy. Uh, the mm -hmm. question is, how important is the headline? How much time you should spend on getting that perfect headline? I'm so bad at headlines, honestly. Like I'm just bad at it at this point in my life. Because most of my VSLs, we don't even really have headlines anymore. Because my VSLs are very storytelling based. And usually the uh, opening line works as the headline for us. Because you get there and you'll see that on the screen. And either it will autoplay or it will not. Um, the opening line for the VSL we're running right now that has been doing phenomenally well for the last two years or so is... Uh, he kissed me like his sister and I knew I was alone again, right? So just that line, go like, yeah, look at the look, at the look on your face. You're like, whoa. <laughs> right. Because it brings up all these emotions, right? Where you're, Because what does that say to you? It says like, oh, I know the story at that point. Like I want my opening line of a letter to, to kind of encapsulate the whole story. You should be able to figure out what's going to happen almost just from that first line. And in that first line, you know, started dating a guy. I went really well for a while. And then all of a sudden they go on a date and she, he kisses her. And it's just kind of like there's nothing there all of a sudden, even though there was passion before. And it goes from there. Right. Um, the other one for language desire, I think, was uh, talk dirty to me. He said on our one year anniversary, 
right? Where you're just like, ooh, shit. Because again, that brings up insecurity. Most women are incredibly insecure around the idea of dirty talk. Most women have zero sexual confidence of any kind. And actually women worry a lot more about being good in bed than men do, which is weird because men who are watching this, who are either single or have an open relationship or whatever else, here's the thing that you need to know women will never tell you because guys like a guy will sleep with a woman and be like yeah i totally banged that girl that was so cool oh man that was great but you won't tell any details right you won't be like oh my god she was really good at this one thing and <laughs> women 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 <laughs> women talk in a way. if you sleep with a girl or whatever else she's going to go to every single one of her girlfriends and she is going to tell them how big your dick is how good you are in bed Every single thing is going to go out there. So if you are somebody who is out in the field, your Yelp reviews matter a lot. Do a good job. I should, do a, I should, do, a VSL, I should do a VSL based around that, actually. Like a sexual I know. Just based around that. How yeah. many people need to know that? It's yeah. really Guys right. are so shocked though. It's so weird. Cause I, I have, most of my best friends are women for whatever reason. I just, I, I like women a lot. So it's always shocking to me that most men have no idea about this stuff. Uh, I'll take two more questions. Is that okay? I'm sorry. I know this is this is not I'm okay, but I'm I'm having such a good time. All right. So let's see, when I said, should we keep Facebook articles shorter than SEO ones? Oh, I don't know. I don't do anything with SEO, but probably. Um, I don't really know anything about SEO, so I can't really answer that question. Uh, personally, if you don't mind, I'll I can mm -hmm. answer to that, uh, just seeing what our partners do both on Facebook and on search, definitely it's it's, it's going to be easier to keep those Facebook ones shorter, especially since most of the offers are a video sales letter that you do want customers to look at that because yeah. you know, mm -hmm. people have... Uh, like I really want to get people to my letters as quickly as possible because I know they're because I again I'm really good at that. Not to be immodest, but I am very very good at that one thing. I know that for a fact because I've seen the numbers. So. Okay. Awesome. So I do want to read this one comment. We have a lot of love, but uh, Shed here said, Chris, I really want to thank you for coming out real. You're a very good person just listening to your teaching. Thank you for what you do. If I would just copy just a little of what you have, I believe I will be okay. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, That's awesome, buddy. Thanks. No, it's awesome. Yep. Perfect. So we got that. And one more. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. Besides Facebook, what traffic channels are good for uh, for VSL offers? Dude, I mean, we're doing, uh, we've, we do a little bit of Facebook. We probably do a couple grand a day in Facebook. And then primarily we've been doing YouTube stuff for a while now. Uh, we kind of figured out a formula that works pretty well for YouTube. For us, it's very different than what most people are doing. There's no live action video of any kind because I'm lazy. But um, it works really, really well for us. That's our primary right now. We still do a lot of affiliate traffic, like affiliate email list traffic. Mm -hmm. We have bought email drops in the past, but haven't quite figured out how to make it work properly. But again, our niche is a little different than like the health niche. It's smaller. Unfortunately, I have zero passion for the health niche. I just don't get into it in the same way. So I try to focus on things that I like. And the things that I like are all about psychology. Yeah, and, and this is what you're good at. I mean, yeah. the worst thing is to focus on something that a lot of other people are doing, but mm -hmm. if it's not your passion and you're not good at. But I'm yeah. so glad that you mentioned YouTube because I've noticed the last eight, nine months, um, a lot of people have been fairly successful with like yeah. YouTube 
promotions. And uh, as a weird side note, my my brother keeps telling me like he's spending a lot of time on YouTube in uh, in the pandemic, so he wants that premium thingy. So I think more people are are using YouTube. I had no idea to be honest. Like I'm on Spotify without you know. Oh yeah. I've been watching a lot of Mortal Kombat videos lately. I got to tell you, I'll sit in my basement and watch Mortal Kombat videos because why not? What else are you going to do with all this time? Yeah. yeah so surprisingly, uh, I mean, not surprising, uh, just as a surprise to me, but YouTube seems like a really good channel. So mm -hmm. it's, worked, good it's worked really well for us. The um, the strictures are a little less than on Facebook, for instance. You can you don't have to worry quite so much about um, getting you know banned as you would on on Facebook. So it's worth checking out. Awesome. Well, we are, uh, we've been doing this for an hour and I know I initially said might be shorter. I apologize, but this is wonderful. We, I don't mind. I have no problem at all. Now, you know, you, you told everyone about part two and three, and then you were telling us about uh, that good presentation that you were not able to find on your computer. I'm going to hold you accountable to finding that for us. And, uh, you know, we'll make a promise to everyone that we, we will do this again. No, I'll be back. No problem. I like doing this kind of thing. It's fun. So, That's awesome. I got, I got all this stuff in my head. I might as well share it somehow if I'm not going to do a course because yeah. exactly. So do you want, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much love. Do you want to just give everyone watching and remember this, we're going to have thousands and thousands of friends listening to this <laughs> later on today. Give yeah. them a piece of advice, something brilliant that you would really want them to take away from our chat today. Don't believe the bullshit more than anything else, right? You're going to go on Facebook and you're going to see all these people. Most people that are showing their hot car on Facebook don't own that car. They do not own that car. Most of the people who are showing, like Ty Lopez, fuck Ty Lopez. If he's watching this, fuck you, Ty Lopez. He's a big fat liar, right? I know the guy, I know the guy personally, which is why I'm allowed to say that. He actually went around years ago and told people that he taught me everything I know, which is why I don't like the guy. But, you know, he doesn't own the mansion that he's showing you on YouTube. Uh, most of the people who are out there who are bragging about stuff and showing how much money they have are full of shit, right? So don't don't let yourself feel bad about yourself because you see that. The people that are actually doing really well are not the ones who are bragging. They're the ones that understand that you want to be kind of quiet about it more than anything else. So just be careful about who you listen to. Try to pay attention to people who have a track record, who can show you that they've actually made money in other ways. And remember, nobody's an overnight success, right? Not everyone can do this. I hate when people put out things that are like, anybody can be a great copywriter. Everybody can be an okay copywriter, but only a few people can be really great, right? And copywriting might not be where you personally, uh, that might not be in D&D terms, your character class that works the best for you in this industry. You might be a traffic person, you might be a designer, you might be anything else, but just don't feel bad about yourself if you don't hit it right out of the gate. I didn't hit it right out of the gate. I was dead broke until I was in my late 20s. And then all of a sudden I made some money and became an obnoxious dick about it for a while. And then eventually I settled down and became a good person again. And that's what happens to pretty much everybody. Oh, and the other thing is, if you start making money and you start doing really well, do not, do not try to get your best friend into the business. Cause you're gonna ah. think like, you're gonna think like, oh man, I can do this. And like everybody else can do it too. And you're gonna go to your best friend who like smokes too much weed and plays Smash Brothers in the basement all day. And you're gonna be like, oh man, you can do this too. And they're not gonna do it and you're gonna feel really bad and it's gonna strain your relationship. Also, do not go around talking about how much money you make all the time. 
please don't do that. It does not make people like you. It does not make people respect you. The people that do respect you based off of that are not people you want to be friends with. Um, if you become a big, I was, I was a little bit famous for a while as Michael Fury, and I'm still pretty well known in the marketing world. So when I go to conferences, they treat me like a rock star and that's fun for a while. And then it becomes incredibly toxic. So stick to your friends, stick to the people that were with you before you did anything. They're the ones you can actually trust as you move forward. That's brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I personally had a blast. Uh, you are wonderful. And oh, we're going to do this again. So everyone watching, we love you. We appreciate you. And we promise we will be doing this again. And we'll bring a lot of uh, great content. <laughs> Sounds good to me, man. I'm into it. It's fun.